<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's go live and stuff. Which we already are live, but it is what it is. I gotta, no, please don't be loud. Please don't be loud. It's, yep, there's my echo. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valera. On today's episode, we are going to talk about everything that happened last week, maybe. Uh, recap some of that stuff, and then also talk about last night's thrilling game. Um, this is the second consecutive night, or second consecutive uh, situation, where I was like, I'm going to go to bed early. This game is over. I don't really want to watch it. And then just stuff starts to unfold. And then here I was just like, oh, my God, I cannot stop watching. And then my old ass was up until late and I had to get up early for work, obviously. But as always, I am joined by my partner here, Mr. Matthew Fox. How are you, sir? Good. The same, you know, like about in the middle of the third quarter, I was like, I was really expecting this to be um, like a 17 to 13 kind of game. And I thought, well, I'll just. I'll be able to slip off to sleep, but instead it was very compelling uh, and very interesting. Yeah, it was definitely something that um, I was not anticipating game wise because this, the first half was a bit of a doozy. You know what I mean? Like it was not, it was not that good. And then the second half kind of came around and I'm just like, everything is clicking on all cylinders I started tweeting that, in fact, um, Daniel Jones was looking terrible, and then he made a couple of good plays, and I was like, well, maybe he doesn't look terrible, and then I just remember it's Daniel Jones, so he's going to just make a bonehead mistake, and then I was like, Heineke, look at that pass, oh my God, they got down the, you know, they, they got that ball down there, and he, two plays, end zone, touchdown, it's over, it's a wrap, game up, whatever, Daniel Jones is going to Daniel Jones, and then of course, the rest is history, um, Jason Garrett, who is one of the worst red zone play callers maybe of all time, possibly of my generation, at least um, gave the ball right back to Washington. And then I tweeted out, you know what? This is leading to a Washington missed field goal. And I was right. Missed field goal away. Um, funny thing about it is my brother had a bet on the game. He had the bet. He had a $10 bet on McLaren over a hundred plus Washington win. They kicked the field goal. He missed it. He turned it off. He was pissed. Next thing I was like, I can't believe the end of that game. My brother's like, what? And I was like, well, offsides. Washington kicks a field goal and they win the game. Um, the Giants had no right winning that game. And neither did Washington, right? Yeah. I mean, I know you're critical of Garrett's play calling and maybe it's not always great, but I thought he called some really good plays and they had some dynamic opportunities. You had 
Kenny Galladay uh, is not on the same page as Daniel Jones. I found it sort of amusing that he let balls go right through his hand and then is balling out Daniel Jones on the sideline. And Darius Slayton just drops a bomb that would have changed the game. Oh, my God. There's a guy I uh, Chris Chris Clarkson and I who we do our weekly bets with. We've been we've been doing pretty good. He had a bet. Um, he had a thirty dollar bet on Darius Slayton to score two touchdowns. First off, if you're making a thirty dollar bet on Darius Slayton to score two touchdowns, you have way too much money. Okay, because the likelihood of that really realistically happening is not very high. But it so would have won him twenty four hundred and thirty dollars. So that that's uh, that guy. I'm pretty sure is not very pleased right now. But it was a good game. Heineke really looked strong, except for that interception. And I do think that they're. I don't know if it was he. He stared down that receiver. It was a great defensive play. Great defensive play. And I think the play calling there was rough too. I didn't like that play call at all. I didn't really like their play calling at all throughout the entire game for Washington. I feel like they they have weapons utilize them right you know what i mean like they don't they didn't try to stretch the field too much i feel like the only time they really did was on that two play drive and they really didn't stretch the field mckissick made a really good play and and kind of uh, uh cut that route really well and the pump fake really helped there too yeah. and then of course ricky seals jr uh jones who i thought it was hilarious everybody's making a big deal about him like i, I like that guy like three years ago i thought he was gonna break out in arizona and then just we all know the rest is history there Never happened. But um, I, I really think Heineke looked good. I just don't know if he's a long-term solution. What about you? Yeah, I think that's certainly true. And it's fair to wonder if they're going to do something with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, being you know, out for so long. I think the two areas of concern I had coming out of last night's game is one Antonio Gibson. I thought this was going to be a big Gibson game. I thought there was a big opportunity to run Denver played the giants last week. So I watched that front and Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams were able to have a lot of success. Antonio Gibson had success when they gave him the ball, 13 carries in my opinion is not enough. Um, and it was, it's curious to me, he's not on the field when they're in two minute or when they're trying to go and JD McKissick did a wonderful job. So nothing against him, but I think no. that might have us reconsidering a little bit, um, the role and the ceiling for Gibson. And then the other one is it's, it's taking a long time to get Barkley back on track. He had one really great run. Um, it seems like they're still a little leery of usage. I know a short week coming off of that game, he said he was still having some soreness. He looks okay, but it might be week five or six before we start seeing some Saquon Barkley of old kind of games. There was a hope he was going to be right coming right out of the season. Then my, on the positive for the Giants, Sterling Shepard looks incredible. I mean, he torched the Denver secondary, which I was impressed by. He did the exact same thing last night. He looks like the most consistent of their receivers. So as somebody said, all it took was them spending a first round draft pick and 40 something million dollars in free agency on wide receivers uh, for Sterling Shepard to become the focus of the offense. I do think I look back on that offense and if, if Shepard looks the way he does, maybe it's a little helpful uh, of the play calling and stuff like that. But that draft pick of, of um, Kadarius Tony. 
Kadarius Tony looks bone more and more bonehead every single. Which I thought it was bonehead at the time with Slayton, but they did already have Slayton, Shepard, and Holiday, right? You know what I mean? I do think they had the weapons. They have a tight end, which Evan Ingram is whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then of course they signed Rudolph as well prior to all of this happening. And then I just felt like Tony, he was a reach in my opinion. I don't think he's ever going to translate to a fantasy football relevant player. He reminds me a lot of Henry Ruggs. He's a home run guy, maybe. But um, Shepard's look a lot better than anybody has anticipated. I mean, he's just become that kind of security blanket for um, Daniel Jones. And, and Jones looked good at times. I just still feel like he's not the guy. They, if they had a better quarterback, I don't think I don't. I think they beat Washington pretty bad. I think they beat Washington relatively easily yesterday. I don't know what happened from last year to this year for Washington's defense, but it does not look as stout as it did a year ago. And that's interesting. They got to the quarterback, which that offensive line for New York is terrible. They're, they're just it's abysmal. So I, I credit Jones for a little bit of that. But before we go any further. Uh, any any parting way thoughts on week one that we didn't get to talk about yet? I was a little bit surprised with a couple of games. Obviously, the Saints-Packers, I do think that's an overreaction, 100%. I think we're going to get a lot of overreaction regarding that. Winston did look good. I just think the Packers looked really bad. I don't expect them – I don't expect that to last very long either. What are your thoughts on week one? Yeah, I mean, week one is always the hardest to predict, and you get some crazy results. I remember – that's probably been a decade now when the Bills came out and just destroyed the Patriots and the Patriots went on to win the Super Bowl. So I'm not going to panic about Green Bay. Um, but week one also is a place where all of our offseason thoughts and hopes and dreams uh, meet the reality of the NFL. So you have to moderate in some ways with what they're telling you. So we learned a lot about players like Zach Moss, who is a healthy scratch. Uh, and the fact that the Bills don't look like they're interested in running. Singletary was pretty much the only back they used, and he was an RB3. Not going to be a ton of value there. Brandon Ayuk, a game where the 49ers scored 41 points and their quarterback threw for more than 300 yards. He didn't get a single target in 26 snaps. And then during this week, his coach basically said, well, he'll get the ball if he's better than other people or if it looks like he should be open, but we're not going to try to get him. That's a bad sign to me. So, you know, I thought he was going to be the one over Debo Samuel. It looks like I, I blew that call. I think we have to moderate our expectations. But a lot of it is trying not to react too much. I thought, you know, I don't think the Texans are as good as they looked yesterday uh, or week one. You know, week one last year, Jacksonville beat the Colts. The Colts ended up in the playoffs. Jacksonville never won another game. So sometimes you have to just – let things play out, try not to panic too much. Um, but it was definitely, it was, it's always a cold awakening. Another thing that's intriguing to me is, is, is the victory laps, right? Everybody's doing their victory. It's week one. Like, how can we do victory? You are not right yet. Just because you were right for one week does not mean that the entirety of the season, you're going to be right. This, like you said, Jaguars last year, everybody's like, oh, the Jaguars could be a sleeper contender for the playoffs this year. And then they went on to never win another game. So the victory laps need to calm down a little bit this early in the season. I just really front, I get frustrated with those. If it's a weekly, if you said, you should start Jalen Hurts or whatever, just whatever, and he goes out and has a great game, do that victory lap. But do not come out here and after one week and proclaim that you were right about something when the season is 18 weeks long. Look at that. I fixed myself right there. 18 weeks long now. So with that being said, we've got a lot of big time. 
Does that say upset special? It does say upset special. I'm really upset right now. I'm already upset. I'm already, but last week you were almost right about one. Almost. I I got the upset correct. I picked the Raiders to beat the Ravens. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking on this, I do want to blame you that you cost me a couple hundred dollars with that. Okay. I all of my picks were the reverse of your game. When you gave your gambling things, I was like, one of us is not gonna be happy. Well, that's why I like toying with the spread a little bit more than I do the money line. And and I was really upset. First off, let's talk that that game was just infuriating. But with that being said. Morning, late window, night game, Monday night football. What do you like this week for us in the NFL? Yeah, so for the morning window, I'm going San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, You know, I thought Jalen Hurts looked a lot better than I expected. I know some people thought he was in for breakout season. I did not, but he looked really good in week one, decimated Atlanta. I would like to see what he does here against the 49ers, who I think have a little bit of a better defense. Same thing, Jimmy G looked really good through for more than 300 yards. Uh, be interested to see the running back rotation now. We expect Trey Sermon will at least be active in this game after being a healthy scratch week one. But I think Elijah Mitchell, uh, they've said he he was ahead of him through camp. He looked really good in his 19 carries, went for uh, 108 yards and touchdown, 38-yard uh, touchdown run. Uh, I think he's going to get a chance. That's going to be two interesting teams. Curious to see uh, how they go. The late window in the uh, during the day, Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers looked really good, beat Washington in Washington last week. They look like they have that offense going. Dallas came up a little bit short in the opening game against a good Tampa Bay team, but they also have the offense going. I expect some fireworks there. Michael Gallup's out, but they still have CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. They still have Ezekiel Elliott. See if he gets more involved. See if Austin Eckler gets more involved in the passing game last week. He carried 15 times for 57 yards and a touchdown. Didn't have a single target. That's something we're really going to have to watch because if he's not getting targets, his PPR value is going to take a huge hit. Night game is the Kansas City Chiefs at the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson has never beaten Mahomes and the Chiefs as a starter. This is my upset special of the week. I think the Ravens get it done. They cannot afford to go to 0-2. I think they end up getting the win. Kansas City won uh, in week one. I know Ricky must have bet on Kansas City again. Kansas City got the win in week one, but they didn't always look that great. The Browns were up 22-10, to and I think if they had a little better luck, probably would have held on. The Ravens looked pretty good against the Raiders. Uh, they need to get their defense in order. Um, that does scare me. But I, I you know, I, or before the season, I thought the Ravens would win this game, so I'm sticking with it. Monday Night Football, Lions at the Packers. The Packers are better than what we saw on Sunday. I expect Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams to want to go off big time. Yeah, I agree with you on a majority of that. Um, the one thing that needs to be worked on as well is Lamar Jackson needs to stop the fumbling. I mean, that's just cut and dry. You know, he single-handedly cost his team that game, I think. Um, it, it's not smart decision-making. Another one that surprised me last week, another one bonehead mistake was Josh Allen. These guys, these running quarterbacks fumble the ball way too much and then put the ball on the ground, and and it just ends up costing your team. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not a – I'm definitely not on board with the Chiefs uh, Ravens upset there. I, I'm not. I've got my bet a little bit later will justify bring, bringing that one back a little bit. But um, the Browns did look a lot better than I anticipated. The game wasn't as as a as a big as I, I honestly I was surprised they came back and won. Like I, the Chiefs yeah. 
But the thing about it is, is that's that's the difference. Whenever you're playing a team like the Chiefs, whether it's a two touchdown game or a three point game, they're never out of it. They're a couple plays away from being down the football field. It was just like last night. You know what I mean? Like last night, it, the different story. But when you have playmakers in your team, the Redskins were in the end zone in two plays. You know what I mean? Like it 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 takes that fast. And Tyreek Hill is one of he just put the ball in his hands and he makes plays. And it's it's crazy to kind of watch yeah. him go crazy. So. And it does make me nervous. We saw what Waller did to the Ravens last week. Uh, Travis Kelsey, definitely good at football. Might have 300 yards this week. He was probably watching that game and salivating. So, hey, look, find somebody who loves you as much as Derek Carr loves Darren Waller. Man, that first half, I don't think he he threw it to him like 53 times or whatever. So, all right. So, now what we're going to do is we're going to transition to some sit and starts for week two. I'm going to kick us off with a couple starts that I like this week. This week, whatever that means. This week. Um, a couple of guys that I like. I like Ty God Taylor this week, okay? I love some Tyrod Taylor. I've got some bets that I'm going to talk about him in a little bit later. I like him in Daily Fantasy as well. He's only $5,500. I think that's a hell of a dollar amount for him. It's cheap. You pay down for him, pay up elsewhere, right? You know what I mean? I do think that you can make him work. Um, he looked good. Looked good week one. Numbers were good. Obviously, I understand it's Jacksonville. You're like, oh, but it's Jacksonville, but it's also Cleveland, you know? That secondary is is going to have a little little trouble. I do think that that what Tyrod does well is he moves the pocket. He's able to get open. They do have weapons in 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 Houston, right? You know what I mean? You know they they do have some good receivers, and and you need a good quarterback to kind of justify that. He plays like Deshaun Watson, nowhere near as good as Deshaun Watson. So let's calm down. Let's calm down before everybody hears that and goes crazy. But he plays a lot like Deshaun Watson, which is why Watson is as good as he is with the weapons that he has because he's able to extend plays with his legs. He's able to kind of avoid some what most times would be a sack for a lot of quarterbacks. Um, but I do think that he makes some plays this weekend against Cleveland. I really, 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 really like the Texans on that side of the, the bet, but I'll go with that in a little bit. Um, another start for me this week, I do like Mark Ingram too. I was surprised by the bell cow-ness of, of what they w- did with him. Um, it kind of surprised me a little bit. I like him this week. Chase Edmonds, I'm smashing him every single week. Last week, he did do me good. Um, he did, he looked good in that offense. It, it looks like there's some, there might be a role for both of these guys in that backfield. Um, Edmonds might be that guy between the twenties and then Connor might be the red zone guy, but I do think that there's enough through the passing game because the Cardinals defense is not as good as it looked last week, but Chandler Jones just whew, had one of the greatest games that I've ever seen defensively. Uh, best one since I think I've personally seen since like Derek Thomas, when I was a kid, he had that seven sack game. I remember watching that as a kid, but those are the guys that I like for my starts. What about you, man? Yeah. So for starts, I did one uh, for each position that, uh, that I like where uh, you might be nervous or where I think my rankings are a little bit uh, above other people. You can um, yesterday I published my picks uh, and a link to uh, my rankings, which you can go up there and get uh, in full, but my start for quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. I know people might be a little bit nervous since he was uh, a whopping QB 34 last week. Uh, just a reminder, there are only 32 uh, teams in the NFL. So being uh, 34th best, uh, probably not great. There was only 40 quarterbacks that recorded stats last week. So, you know, I'm going to say that's bottom third, bottom fourth. Uh, but I think he'll be back. Uh, Detroit, we saw them get 
torched uh, defensively last week uh, against the 49ers, and Jeff Okuda is gone. I expect Aaron Rodgers to want to put up some fireworks on Monday night. My running back start, I mentioned it earlier, Elijah Mitchell. I really liked what he did. He finished his RB16 in PPR last week. I think he could finish anywhere between 11 and 15 this week. I have him currently as running back 12. Uh, I think he's going to get a chance to be the lead, and the Niners are a good running team. Uh, my start at wide receiver, Debo Samuel. Um, he got 12 targets last week for the 49ers. The next closest receiver was George Kittle, who got five targets. Debo has something going on with Jimmy G. Looks like he's far and away above the other receivers. The Philadelphia secondary doesn't greatly scare me. Uh, and then a tight end, Jawan Johnson. He only caught three for 21, but two of them were for touchdowns. The Saints only threw the ball 20 times. It looks like they're looking for Johnson, looking for him in the red zone. We thought the tight end for the Saints would have some value. I had hoped it would be Adam Troutman, but it looks like it is Jawan Johnson. I love me some Adam Troutman, man, too. He's a great talent. I just, I'm not sure. The transition, and that's the thing when people yeah. forget, the transition in the tight end position to the NFL is one of the hardest transitions to make, and people forget about that. And then we kind of saw that week one with Kyle Pitts, too. Uh, Kyle Pitts kind of struggled. Kyle Pitts is going to be just fine, guys. Let's calm down. But uh, mm. Troutman, I, I'm not 100% sure. I also don't think the Falcons are good. So I think the Falcons are not going to be nearly as good yeah, as like That's kind of, the problem. I hope they would be, um, but I do think that they're going to be one of the – one of the worst teams. I, I, yeah, they look terrible week one. Um, I'm not much also, worse than I thought they were going to be. Also, I'm not buying the uh, Philadelphia Eagles yet either. So shoot, shoot me on that one. My sits this week, which followed up with, I'm sitting Jalen Hurts this week. I understand everybody, you know, is ranting and raving about how he looked week one. He looked really good, but this uh, 49ers defense is good. I think they're made to beat teams like this, and I think that they're going to destroy the Eagles. I think they beat them by double digits. I don't see him um, kind of eclipsing that ceiling that he had last week. He might get his 50, 60 yards on the ground, but I don't think he's going to – you'll be lucky to see if he gets more than one total touchdown in this game. I think and – I, and everybody's like, ah, Jarek Goff at the end of the game. They played a lot of prevent defense, and they let them get too close in that game. Um, I don't think that they have a certified bell cow, which Sermon might be in the near future. Also, Sermon being a, uh, a healthy scratch last week was hilarious. Um, not for Trey Sermon, but just in general for fantasy Twitter because the thing about it is if Mozart doesn't get hurt, her, Sermon might be another healthy scratch again this week. Let's be real about that, okay? Let's be real. If Mozart doesn't get hurt, we Sermon might be sitting the bench for a little bit longer than he has been, okay? I'm just going to throw that out there because Elijah Mitchell looked pretty good. But also sitting Kirk Cousins, I don't know why he started him. Anyway, mine are all quarterbacks here outside of James Robinson. James Robinson I don't think is going to have a big week. The Broncos are good. Um, I do think the Jaguars win this football game. But um, I don't think that James Robinson is going to – and I don't know what he's doing down there. Urban Meyer, please take the job at USC. Please, please take the job at USC. I need you to take the job at USC, Urban Meyer. You're killing James Robinson. You're killing Trevor Lawrence. Just – Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Fire them. Is that too much money right now? Like the, the cons have enough money, right, Fox? They have enough money. Yeah, Urban Meyer, it's more said he's committed to uh, Jacksonville and to turning that program into something. What he's going to turn it into, I don't know. I personally believe the Broncos are going to blow the Jacksonville Jaguars out this week, uh, similar to what the Texans did because Denver has a much better defense. Patrick Sertan is going to start this week opposite Kyle Fuller with Bryce Callahan in the slot and two of the best safeties in the game. Uh, I do not like that game. For the Jaguars, I also am concerned about James Robinson. It's not just that we don't know what Urban Meyer is doing. Carlos Hyde outsnapped him and outcarried him last week, which should give us all a moment of pause. Carlos Hyde and Mark Ingram might be the two fantasy zombies this year coming back from the dead and snatching uh, the bell cow roll from people who we thought were ahead of them. Uh, my sits this week, Matt Ryan. Atlanta looked horrific. If you can't get a touchdown against the Eagles, you're not getting a touchdown against Tampa Bay. Their line doesn't look very good. I don't know if they can hold out that front seven of Tampa Bay. They don't likely have the same kind of game plan and capabilities the Cowboys do. Um, I sit at running back Zach Moss, who's a healthy scratch last week. Even if he gets in the game uh, this week, Devin Singletary with a lion's share of the carries was only. I thought he was the next Barry Sanders. Twitter told me he was the next Barry Sanders. Okay, sorry. I, no, it it was definitely surprising. They picked Matt Burita over him to to be active. So even if Moss gets in, Singletary was only RB twenty nine last week. They're playing the Dolphins. I think they want to be a passing team. It just doesn't look like the volumes there. Wide receiver, I mentioned him earlier, Brandon Ayuk. I am not playing him until I can get an idea that he's getting some share of the offense. I find it hilarious that both Sleeper and ESPN have been projected at 12-plus points. What would you get that from? I I don't know how they're doing these projections. And my sit at tight end is Kyle Pitts. Uh, I like the talent. I think eventually he's going to get there. I don't like this matchup. Last week he got eight targets, which was great, but only four receptions for 31 yards. I think he's a middle-tier tight end too right now because I don't expect they're going to get a lot of touchdowns. They couldn't even really help Calvin Ridley last week. Ridley only had five for 51 the entire offense looks bad. Atlanta may be a secret contender for the number one overall pick. Yeah, I agree 100%. I'm not a big fan of them either. Um, I talked about a little bit about the DFS corner here. I've already given you one of the guys, Tyrod Taylor, 5,500. I like the option there. Um, a couple other guys that I like. I love Tyler Higby. He's about five years too late for my uh, my sleeper of the year that I predicted like two or three years ago. I'm kidding, but Tyler Higby, he looked really good last week. Six times he was targeted, catching five passes for 68 yards. Um, that Rams offense looks efficient out the gate. I was thoroughly impressed by that team. That's the team that I predicted to go to the Super Bowl. Um, if they look like that the entire year, NFL better watch out because I don't. They're they're just steamroll every over everybody uh, throughout the entire season. They're that good. It, it reminds you of of I mean I, that's in, that including the Bucks. Um, Another guy I like this week, Najee Harris. Um, I know he wasn't super great in week one, but he had moments where he looked good. The volume is there 100%, but it's the Raiders. 
Um, they, they work, they rank against the bottom half of the first um, in the NFL against the run. Um, last week, Harris had one attempt inside the five yard line, but failed to convert it. Um, but I, I expect him to be the continued bell cow there. They're going to run the football. They also need to learn how to run the football a little bit more in that offense. Um, they like to put the ball in too much of Ben Roethlisberger's hands, which kind of blows my mind how much they really do. And sometimes he bites him in the ass in the long run for it. Another guy that I like is Chris Carson. And one guy that consistently, consistently, I feel like just gets overlooked. Um, but I do think that he had a great game last week. You know, he averaged 5.56 yards per carry against Indianapolis. And he just looked good. You know what I mean? And I, I think that he's the, the Titans defense is not good. They're favored by almost uh, five and a half, six and a half, depends on the book, which favors a, a, a more lopsided game, which kind of favors a game script for Carson to see a lot of football. Um, I like him a whole lot as well. As far as my bets for the week, I do like the Chiefs minus three and a half against the Ravens. Um, that's not one that I'm betting super heavy, though. The games that I'm on, in on the most right now, Panthers plus three and a half at home. I understand the Saints look good in week one, and it was against a good Packers team, okay? But week one is an anomaly, right? I think you have to throw everything that you found out about week one in the garbage can, okay? There's no reason why a Jameis Winston-led team should be a favorite of three and a half on the road on the road in Carolina. I don't see it. I don't understand why they're three and a half point favorites on the road in Carolina this week. It makes no sense to me. Another line that makes no sense to me. I like the Rams minus three and a half against the Colts. Now I understand they're traveling across country. I understand they're going on the road, but they're playing inside a dome. Okay. So that 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 team, this team's very fast paced, right? They're gonna they're gonna run the ball, they're gonna pass the ball, they're gonna and the way they utilize the pass as their running game is another thing that I really love that uh, Matt, uh, McVay does. But three and a half points, that's it. After did you see them play this past week? I understand the Bears and I understand the Colts is a little bit better, but the Colts did not look great week one, even defensively. Yeah. They got blown out by. Uh... Russell Wilson, he threw yeah. all over them. I don't know what makes you think Stafford wouldn't have the same with Cup Woods and Higby. Exactly. You know what I mean? I, I, exactly. What's kind of blew my mind, um, Tyler Lockett blew the doors off that defense, which he, he consistently reminds people how yeah. good he is. Now, Tyler Lockett will go the next six weeks with only six catches, but he reminds everybody at least one week that he is the guy because for some reason he has like three or four games a year where he scores 40, 50 fantasy points or something like that. And then the other 10 games of the year, he's like, you know, single digits or something like that. But with that being said, those are the two bets I like so far. And then, of course, speaking of my favorite play of the week, Mr. Ty God Taylor, okay? All right? What I love about Ty God Taylor is this. What can go wrong with the <laughs> – yeah, that is very, very true. What can go wrong will go wrong for the Giants. As long as you got Jason Garrett and – I don't even what's uh I don't really like Joe Judge. Joe Judge. Yes. Ty God Taylor over 222 passing yards. I think he eclipsed that this week. That's a hell of a bet. It might slightly go up by this weekend, but everybody's counting in that the Browns defense is going to shut down the world. I also like what this guy is saying right here. I like the Texans and the points plus 12 and a half points. You're getting plus 12 and a half points right now with this huge spread. With the tech, it's going to be the highest spread the Browns have ever been favored in yeah. the history of like ever of the reconstituted um, Browns. Yeah, exactly. Ex yeah, it's it blows my mind. I don't I don't like that bet. I don't like the Browns at twelve and a half. Anybody betting the Browns at twelve and a half is absolutely crazy. Um, 
With that being said, I do like that 12 and a half. There's one teaser that I like. I'm putting it together real quick because I, I meant to put it together before we got on the air. But there's a three-team teaser that I like. If you flex the spread a little bit, where's this 12 and a half point? Oh, it's, I'm sorry. It's 13 now on sports, but on um, on uh, on DraftKings. It is now plus 13 for the Texans. Um, so what I like right now, if you take the Texans, right? You take the, take the, take the Texans, the Panthers, and then, of course, I like to take the I take the Lions as well. The Lions are twelve point uh, dogs on the road, right? But if you tease this all the way, hold on, let me go. If you tease it all the way to seven points, which means you get the Texans plus twenty, you get the Panthers plus ten, and you get the and you get the Lions plus nineteen. You can get plus one thirty odds on this. I love that. I love it a whole lot. Plus one thirty. That's that's easy. That's some easy money for me. Um, that's where I've been trying to find some of this as well. Um, the Cowboys money line. I am uh, man. I don't really know. I do think the Cowboys plus three and a half. If you, if you add that, if you get them plus 10 and a half points, I do like them. That Chargers defense is good. It'd be interesting to see how they good, how they do, but I really like that. Um, another question. We touched on this a little bit earlier. Do you, do you guys trust J-Rob this week? Absolutely not. I'm sitting them everywhere. I have them. I have, I mean, more- with that being said, I'm sure he'll go for 20 points this week. So. It's more, do you trust Urban Meyer at any point in time? And the answer to that is also no. If he's playing Carlos Hyde over him, I'm out. I mean, Carlos Hyde outsnapped him and outcarried him. That scares me going forward. It's It, it scares me going forward as well. Uh, by the way, I just want to throw this in here. He made a good point about the Cowboys money line. I'm not so sold on the Cowboys winning this game. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. But if you if you throw in the Cowboys plus three and a half, because they're, 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 they're uh, dogs on the road, you get the Cowboys at 10 and a half. You get the Panthers at plus 10. You get the Lions at plus 19 and the Texans at plus 20. And you get it. You get the odds at plus 200. That's a hell of a bet. That's a hell of a bet. I like that bet a lot. I'm going to go match that here in a few minutes, but um, yeah, I'm kind of with you because I'm picking the uh, Panthers this week. I think that they actually will win the home game against the Saints. I, I don't, I, I don't understand how we get Jameis Winston favored on the road by three and a half against the Panthers. I think that's more of a them maybe minus one. You know what I mean? I feel like, but you understand you automatically get three points if you're at home. So they're saying that the Saints are six and a half points better than the Panthers. Christian McCaffrey about to have a 500 yard day. Yeah, I don't understand. And Darnold looked good. Darnold looked, he struggled early, he looked but good. I think that he looked good enough in that second half. And I, I, I like that team a whole lot. Denver minus six is looking good too. Yeah, I do agree. I'm I I'm actually on the opposite end of that. I like the Texans flexing the Texans to plus thirteen. I, I don't think the deck, I don't think we're going to see a blowout there. I really don't. I still don't buy Teddy Bridgewater, no matter how good he looked. Flexing um, the Jaguars. What? Jaguars, not the Texans. Yeah, that too. The ta- Jaguars. There we go. That's the team they're playing this week. Now, if that, now, now, if Tyrod was playing Denver, he'd go to Denver and beat Denver because you know what? Tyrod Taylor is out here to play. And you know what? I'm here because, and this is coming from a guy that has a bet on the Texans over a four and a half win. So that's why I'm rooting so hard. This week's sign of the apocalypse, I put Teddy Bridgewater in my top 20. That is that is a sign of the apocalypse. But uh, all right, folks, we are done talking about our favorite thing, football. And we're going to talk about our favorite thing on the other side of this, the movie corner, um, where it's going to go from a very uh, – Heart, like just a super chipper. Let, let's just go. Let's go ahead and flip the switch and talk about this movie that I watched this week. Um, Fox and I had the pleasure of watching this movie. It's called The Killing of Kenneth Chamberlain. It's the true story of Kenneth Chamberlain Sr., um, who tragically 
got murdered in his house um, by accidentally triggering his life alert. Um, I will say this is one of the hardest films that I think I've ever watched in my life because the way they shot it, it was, I'm trying to remember the, the exact time frame, but it was like 7.25 in the morning or something like that. 5.25 in the morning by 7 a.m. he was dead. He was dead. And they play this film almost identical time frame from start to finish. There's a few things when I, and I sat down with uh, Frankie Faison who plays Kenneth Chamberlain. We had a great conversation and he kind of opened my eyes to a lot of different things that they did while shooting it, um, which you can check out that interview. Um, it'll be all over my Twitter, um, which is at Ricky Valero. But one of the things that I found intriguing is when they shot it, he, they, he, he shot all of his shots to somebody reading lines on the other side of the door. Hmm. So it was, it was him by himself in this headspace for eight days. Mm-hmm. It was just him in the role of Kenneth Chamberlain, which he absolutely knocks out of the ballpark. This is one of the more important film pieces of filmmaking because we see a lot of things play out in front of our eyes, whether it's the news, whether how everything transpires. We typically only see the eyes of the of the 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 phone, right? And the phone is not directed towards what happened leading up to what happened, right? We never really see that. We typically see what happens during it when it happened. Like if you look back at the George Floyd incident, we saw what happened as it was happening in front of our eyes. This was what happened leading up to those moments. Um yeah, so what do you guys all know is what you guys know. All you do is repeat. Okay. All right. I'm going to ignore that. Um, let's see. But I, I, I honestly really love this movie a whole lot. Um, I really did. And I really enjoyed it. Um, Fox, your thoughts. Yeah, I thought he did a really good job too. Um, it's it's very uh, emotional. It's not an easy watch. Um, I think it's one worth seeking out. Uh, I was really struck too. This is a, a true story, and at the end, you find out a little bit more of what happened in the aftermath, which will give you plenty to chew on. But they also play um, some of the actual recordings uh, that uh, were made. Um, by Kenneth Chamberlain on the day of, and that was that was a, a very difficult. I uh, I can't. So I gotta stop right now. I I don't I don't really know what what is going on right now, but we're getting the onslaught of just lovely comments, just lovely comments here. Just an onslaught of lovely comments from individuals. I don't really know who these people are, um, but I don't. These guys have never won a GP, maybe a 10-man. I don't even know who these guys are, but it's it's kind of costly. Cost you 5K last week in DFS. I really don't know how I did that, but if you would have followed my picks, my guys were actually pretty good. Uh, I'm getting really distracted by this. I think I just need to kind of close it up, put my private chat over here. But with that being said, um, yeah, watch The Killing of Channel Kingdom. It's a brilliant, brilliant piece of filmmaking. Um, Emmy predictions. I really don't know anything about the Emmys, but give everything to Ted Lasso. That's my theory. Um, what are your thoughts? Out. That's probably all we need. Uh, it was some interesting. So what's weird is we are uh, today, the ninth episode of the second season of Ted Lasso aired. Um, but what's actually up for the Emmy Awards on Sunday is season one. So I think that's what's confused some people. The Emmy Award window is from July 1st, 2020 till June 30th, 
2021. So you're getting a lot of things that um, aired what feels like a really long time ago that are uh, bouncing up and, um, you know, are coming up for awards. It feels like a, a little bit of a weird um, slate, uh, but I think it's going to be probably split around a lot of love going to things. I know our friend Kenzie loves the crown. I think it actually has a decent chance of winning the the best drama. Uh, the best limited series going to be interesting. Queen's Gambit, one of the Netflix ones I really love from 2020 is in there. So is WandaVision. Does that get um, better after the first episode, the Queen's Gambit? I, I thought it was really good. Yeah, it's a, a period piece. Anya Taylor-Joy um, gives a really good performance. I, I thought it was very interesting. It's weird for me to, to see these 2020 and 2021 shows up against each other. Uh, I didn't have a great feel for that. Also, Mayor of Easttown is in there, which was another kind of cult hit. Any of those three I could see winning. I'm kind of pulling for WandaVision. I I know that wasn't your favorite, but I enjoyed that a lot. But I think Kate Winslet's definitely going to win. Uh, as lead actress in a limited series. And then the the best original film, one of the ones you liked from Amazon last year, Sylvie's Love, I think that actually has a good chance of winning in that category. That's, that's actually nominated for that? Yep. It's a I weird didn't... collection of of options. It's a very weird collection of options, I, I really think. Um, yep, these guys, I don't really know what's going on in our comments right now. Um it's kind of hilarious. Apparently I suck. So that's just the moral of the story. Last week I was one and two in my picks. I did get the overwrite on Daniel Jones. Um, but you find me a betting guy that is a hundred percent right on all of his picks and I will call you a liar. Um, but with that being said, recommendations for the weekend. Cry Macho is out on HBO Max and in theaters. Everybody's talking about Jamie is on Prime Video. And uh, what else came out this week? Anything else? Oh, The Morning Show dropped on uh, episode one, dropped on Apple TV Plus, which I highly recommend. If you have seen episode one, check out episode or season one, check out episode two, season one. It's very, very good. Jump starts really fast, um, fast paced. And I really kind of enjoyed it. Um, yes. So, yep, 100%. They are talking about DFF. I just, I really. All right, yeah. So, uh, Fox, any thoughts on recommendations for the week? What do you think of everybody's talking about Jamie? Did you say you said you watched it this morning, right? I didn't like it as much as you did. I really enjoyed. It. I just thought <laughs> I thought the performance is good. I thought it was. I thought it was nice. I thought it was fun. I thought it was different. I just really kind of sat back and kind of enjoyed it. And you know, I thought the performances are fine. You know what I mean? I, th- I like the music too. I thought, and I really like the foundation of the story. The foundation of the story is really kind of where. I think uh, I'm a I'm a softy man. I'm a softy when it comes to good stories. You know what I mean. So I, uh, you know, I don't even really know. I'm really just struggling right now because I'm looking at these comments go by and just what's. Let me let me go ahead and point something out real quick in all these comments. Okay, what's really funny is is am I the best DFS player? Absolutely not. I'm a am I decent DFS player at that? Okay, but let me also point you to something else. All right, we've been betting baseball all season long. And if you've been following along with me during baseball season, our record is 163. Okay, 100 wins, 63 losses. You can't find me a guy that has bet on baseball every single day this year to have as good a record as that right now. We have a great record, okay? We do, 163, okay? And if you only bet... Just one dollar. BS, go check my, you know what? Wally Woodpecker there. Go check Twitter. Go check. Go check, please. 
I really just, I'm really, I'm really not trying to focus on the negativity here. I don't really know what's hey, going on. Hey, and if you want really good game picks, look in the Thursday column and read my wife's picks because she destroyed me last week. She went 12 and four. I went eight and eight. And the funny thing about it is, is it's crazy enough. I can sit here and say that's because every single bet that we have made on Twitter is, is in fact on Twitter. So you can go back and look on Twitter and see these picks. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, I literally went through them yesterday. I was looking through because my buddy and I were talking about it and, and it's literally right here, right here on the screen for you to see right there. 163. We're pl- and that's if you just bet just a dollar a day, you're up $111 on the year. So with that being said, um, uh, and week one, as I said, week one of the NFL, I think it's probably the hardest week to handicap um, just because so much hype and stuff gets uh, gets pumped out there um, going into it. And we have a lot of preconceived things that we think are going to pan out that, you know, you realize coaches are holding some things back and you have to watch, you get to finally get some actual game film, especially the last couple of years. We had no preseason last year, but we might as well have had no preseason hardly this year. Almost no one played their players or what their offense is really going to look like. So I'll be more curious to see um, how people do um, going forward. There are a lot of big fantasy analysts, not just us, but a lot of people who, you know, had to eat a little bit of crow. You know, I know I did in pieces that I was doing. There are guys that I thought had a great opportunity and were in a great situation. It's just not going to, it's just not going to play out that way. Yeah, I agree as well. It's, it's one of those things. It is what it is. It happens. It happens. We lose, we win some, we lose some, but with that being said, we appreciate everybody that listens each and every week. Um, This is obviously something we both enjoy doing. Um, There's also people out in the world that like to suck the will out of people and try to suck the fun out of things too. Um, but with that being said, we're going to end this broadcast because I'm just getting irritated and I shouldn't let these people get to me, but I don't understand what's going on. But I thank you for reporting us for trying to scam people. I don't understand what we're trying to scam people doing here. But with that being said, I'm out of here. We'll talk to you guys later. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.